Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm DC Inshama. And I am not the one, Chris Carson. And that right there should give you a little tidbit if you haven't read the title already, which I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't. I haven't read the, read the title now. We are doing a two-decade look back on the unplugging of the one, the beginning of of the, oh, it's not the beginning of the end. What was the tagline for that movie? What was it? it? Was I thought the first one was just open your mind, free your mind, free your mind, free your and then also uh, what is the Matrix? The fucking Matrix. That was it for a while. It was uh, what is the Matrix? I think was the big thing too. Smart ass marketing, man. Yeah. Well, do you like? I just jumping right into it. I knew nothing about the Matrix. It's so good. And I ninety nine it came out right. Yeah. So, so I was seventeen, and it blew my fucking mind. Cause I had no idea. There was going to be robots and pods of people in what another was, world. What, and, when did you first see it? Um, in its first week of release. And I saw in theaters? It, yeah, at the Oshawa Center, um, at their theaters there, because it was only the only theaters around that had any kind of quality to okay. it, like sound system or anything. Right. I still remember leaving um, the second Pierce Brosnan James Bond film with my ears ringing like I was at a concert. Because <laughs> remember that whole time when they just kept cranking up audio in theaters and then people started complaining and yeah. so then they turned it all back down? Yeah, I remember because I think they started introducing Dolby theaters. So smaller theaters, like if we just crank it to 11, yep. maybe it'll be the same thing. Or the DTS experience. The, remember the, the exploding uh, disc? And that, that was it yes. premiered with Jurassic Park. I was it Jurassic Park. I always yeah. remember. Um, it was a LucasArts technology. What's it called? Which was the, the one that Cameron introduced for Titanic, and they refused to screen the oh, movie fuck. in theaters unless if you it had it, unless you had that sound system. Yeah, I don't remember. It was what a that whole because I remember our Cornwall theater got a whole overhaul just to show Titanic. Just to show Titanic. Um, the Lindsay Theater from my hometown got an overhaul to show Jurassic Park because they had the same thing. Yeah, and all it was was they shipped uh, a CD. That had some additional sound effects on it. That's literally all it was. That's why the logo is DTS on a CD and the CD explodes. Oh, that's too funny. And literally your ears are bleeding. I think it's a joke on The Simpsons where they go in and... and oh, the THX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But having said that... Yeah, sorry, back In to... terms of reinvigorating and introducing new technologies, this thing, The Matrix, not just in terms of storytelling, not just in terms of sci-fi, it changed cinema. Like, it did. It was massive. I remember... Okay, my first viewing of that movie was, I think, a well after it was on video. Mm-hmm. My sister was in first-year university taking a philosophy course. Okay. And they were talking about the cave al- allegory, um, Plato's cave allegory, which is that, uh, for the for anyone listening, uh, there's a cave downtown, downtown da- underground, where there's a series of shadows that are projected on the wall. So people in the cave believe that these shadows are in fact like manifestations from other worlds they might be gods they might be whatever but they believe that this is their purpose in life is to bear witness to these shadows on the wall eventually one individual wanders out of the cave and all of a sudden gets up to the real world and sees this immersive crazy expansive world and there's tree branches the tree branches are in fact getting light cast through them and casting shadows in the cave okay so we're not seeing a reality we're just seeing a version of reality of a reality. projection of the reality yeah so this guy goes back down the cave and tries to tell everyone like no open your eyes there's a bigger world out there but no one wants to listen to him 
So to explain that to them, her professor suggested everyone watch this new Keanu Reeves kung fu shooting movie. Called The Matrix. Called The Matrix. And I was like, Jesus Christ, really? The fucking pleather movie with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked ridiculous. Like, guys in suits, white dudes in suits doing kung fu. With tiny little glasses. It looks so stupid. (laughs) So we sat down, we're like, fine, fucking watch it. First 40 minutes. What year year would this be? This was, I was about, she was in first year university, I want to say. Still 99, but maybe... Later on? Yeah, because it came out spring 99. It's early summer. Mm -hmm. So maybe this was like November, that same year. How long did it take for videos to come out? Oh, back then it was like almost a calendar year. Because movies would stay in theaters for a good three, four months. So it might have very well been 2000 before I actually saw it. I just remember we went to her... Uh, we're at her apartment in Montreal. She had one of those old tube TVs with the oh, yeah, with yeah, the VCR yeah. like built right in. You mean that thing right there? That's the one. We were right next yeah. to a, 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 one of those things. And we're watching it. In the whole first 40 minutes, yeah, there's a bullet time sequence that's cool. Mm-hmm. And you're watching fucking Bill from Bill and Ted. And you're like, he's Bill, right? He's Bill, right? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Bill, right? Yeah. I think so. And then you're just yeah, like, yeah. good Lord. like, No, what? he's Ted. He's Theodore, Theodore Preston. Theodore he's Preston. the Ted, yeah. So I'm sitting there watching it just like, Jesus Christ, where is this going? Second, they get to the mirror scene, and they oh, introduce okay. all the characters. Yep. And he pops out of the pod. Me and my sister literally started screaming. Yeah. Like freaking yeah, yeah. the fuck out. Like no, we had to pause the movie. Yeah. Because like literally, just we we're pointing at like random pods, being like, "That's you. That's mom. That's that. <laughs> oh my god." It was such a mindfuck for a 12-year-old to conceptualize the idea that, like, oh, yeah, your five senses are just electric impulses you could sent be, from yeah. your nerves to your brain. You, if someone was able to intervene on that, that highway in your brain, you could totally hijack yeah, someone's you, senses. You wouldn't know anything that's going on. And what you just described is essentially what the theater was doing, except no one could pause it. Everyone was just like, what? I wish I saw that in theaters. It was, like, uh, it was a trip because they, they were really clever about it because back then I, I would have watched all the trailers and shit for it. I was a huge cinephile and would have downloaded it, but they just kept it so sparse. It was like, it's just a kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. Just a kung fu movie. What's yep. the Matrix? It's crazy, right? I don't even think they showed the quote-unquote real world. Like, no, no Sentinels, nothing. no Nebuchadnezzar. Nothing. Like, it was it was so well handled. Yeah, all they showed was in the Matrix. So it was like, what is this weird green movie yeah. with, with kung fu in it? What is oh, this? No, kung fu. And I don't know why I saw it. Like, I think I just started hearing, like, oh, you got to see this movie. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And then went, and it was, I do remember that scene of him waking up. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, your head explodes. <laughs> and I can't think or of Or as soon as that little creature shows up, too, in his stomach. And you're like, oh, wait, this yeah. is, some, something's fucky here. I can't think of another movie that has done that since then. Where, like, it became this, other than, like, maybe The Sixth Sense, which was around the same time. I think that was also 99, wasn't And it, it wasn't, like, a cultural thing, because The Sixth Sense is, like, he was dead the whole movie. Spoilers. Yeah. But The Matrix is, like, that's applicable to human beings, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can be in I Pakistan and watch that movie yeah. and feel something, you know? And then I liked, um, um, nowadays, like, looking back on The Matrix, that uh, the idea that the robots picked... The machines picked the late '90s as the apex of our civilization because it kind of was. It was. <laughs> no, I know. No. I've been watching a lot of '90s documentaries. I'm like, dude, that was like the last hurrah yeah. for creative arts. We were again going back to last week's podcast when I mentioned watching Vice. It's like 2000 was when everything started becoming evil, and things were evil before. But the '90s were this great little decade in yeah. North America. The '90s felt like the last part. It was like the 4 a.m. party before everyone had to go home. Yeah, you know, and the like... '90s felt like like you have two choices right now, two pills right now. <laughs> <laughs> the world can go horribly or really well, and then it ended up going mm. horribly. Do you want the creative wild man or the fucking uh, Walmart? And everyone picked the Walmart. Yeah, everyone picked the fucking Walmart. Yeah. But <laughs> what I love the most about that movie is that 
it's so clunky and it's designed. There's there's oh, a yeah. billion reasons why it should fail. Oh yeah. Like Keanu It just was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Perfect perfect description. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Keanu Reeves literally spends the first two thirds of that movie being Captain Exposition, being like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna learn Kung Fu, what's wrong with my eyes? Why what's... can't I do this? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, if it was anyone else, it's like Mark Hamill in the first Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else in that role, that movie goes straight down the shitter. Yep. It doesn't work. And interestingly enough, too, it breaks, because I always, am, I'm getting so sick of the hero's journey, because that's every fucking thing now. Sure. And it breaks it, because he wants the Matrix. He wants mm. to find out what's going on. And usually the hero's journey, you have to be thrust into it, and you don't want it. And then learn to accept it. So I like that too. That they kind of just they used philosophy rather than drawing on st- st- story archetypes. Right, right. And, it, and that's kind of the problem with the next two matrixes. But we'll get into well, that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That first one to me, it's like a perfect slice of cake. Like again, like it it should be ridiculous. The second you're putting a bunch of dudes in suits and making them do kung fu. Um, wire Fu. Wire Fu. Uh, what, what's his name in the stunt career? Wu, Yo, Wu, Wu Young Ping. He I did the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yep. and I think that's all I can say. He's like one of the most acclimate, uh, uh, what you call acclaimed uh, uh, choreographers yep. for Kung Fu. Like they, the Wachowskis had to track him down, yeah, yeah, yeah. like through emails, like scouring. He the was platform. just working on. Um, was it like? Was it just Korean movies? Or? I, I think so. Mostly just like Eastern Asian and like uh, yeah. Kung Fu movies. But the best part was like the dude was like, I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. Straight up. Uh, the, and so what he did is he requested an exorbitant fee. Really? And they were like, sure. And he was like, okay. And then he wanted to back out. But still, he's like, but the only way I'm going to do it is if the cast does a rigorous training, rigorous training exercise. Like, yep. And they're like, yep. So from. Didn't they do six months or something? It's, yeah, from Mar- uh, I just watched the uh, quick documentary. It was like October through March. Jesus. They were just doing and like, like not just like, you know, you get up and literally every fucking day yeah, 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 they yeah. were doing training. And I'm like that commitment shows, man. Like they look like they know what that. That's why your your disbelief is so suspended yeah. when you watch that movie. Yeah, like I think that's why it feels the way it does because there is an intangibility to uh, rough productions. Yeah, there's something about when a movie goes well, you're like, ah, oh, feels thinner somehow. And yes, in an intangible way, it feels thinner. The amount of insanity that went into make the Matrix does kind of make sense. Yeah, knowing, it's it, yeah. it's so much hope just like put on the shoulders of these two directors. Who made like what? Out Bound, I think was the only other Bound, movie, and that's the Jennifer Tilly one, right? Yeah, Bound? yeah. Uh, there was there's more. I know there was more. Usually we have to our listeners. Usually we have resources available to us, but we're sort of podcasting somewhere right now where we don't. But um, that's why we need like a live stream going while we record yeah, these that's things. Sweet. But uh, I think it, there was something else. There was Bound and something else that Wachowskis did, right? But Bound is the one that kind of bound them into relevance. That was the one that was kind of like, okay, you're qualified yeah. enough to handle this we thing. We have Jennifer Tilly lesbian scenes, so yeah. That's, that's what qualifies That qualifies it. <laughs> and I got her Bride of Chucky. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's a damn shame. And then they invented um, well, a little hilarious behind-the-scenes story. Not really, though. Was Bill Pope. Was This was his career-creating oh, right. movie, yeah. too. And then he parodied himself when he did Team America World Police because they do the Matrix the shot. Time the bullet shot. time Yeah, they do. <laughs> but then they invented bullet time, which I think is extinct now because now they just render everything in a now computer. Now they just CGI. They take a picture of you from every angle and, and they, they build like a... stick you in. Yeah, yeah. 3D... Uh, Into the Matrix. Double. Yeah. But that technology, even that, just using stuff that was pre-existing, old technology, yeah. and just reworking it. was to, like th- some, a couple hundred still photography cameras yeah. just going... In a circle, and it, it's, so, it's there's three major ones. Trinity at the beginning, yep. 
uh, Neo on the Roof, mm-hmm. and then this Agent Smith subway fight are like the three big oh, right, ones right, in the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, that whole scene is introduced like a, like a Clint Eastwood Western, even the knuckle cracking. The, yeah, and like that. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. It's great, man. In terms of just being like, we're going to literally make an anime into a movie. Pretty much. Like, but steeped in, in, in philosophy. So and, much philosophy. And you know one thing in, on rewatching it? The one thing, and this is a, like a nitpick that bugs me, is I don't think the, uh, the fist-swinging swooshes have aged well. No. Yes, whoosh, I noticed that too. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. I noticed that too when I watched like, it. Oh, and like also like a lot of like I guess it's because again they're actors who just clearly came out of a half year training regiment. Right, right. But like their Bruce Lee noises they make when they like Larry Fishburne's chewing the fuck out of that. Chew, chew, chew. he does. He really does. I gotta <laughs> mention though, like going against type, like Larry Fishburne's kind of just doing his boys in the hood, like he's the. Smart guy who he's fucking the mentor, he's the mentor character. He's the Obi Wan, yeah. But Carrie Ann Moss and fucking Keanu Reeves, like Keanu Reeves was at that point was like Point Break. He, he was, was speed, the dude, bro. He was the dude, bro. Wait, he, was he Dracula at that point? He was Dracula at that know. point. Yeah. What is, what's the quote? Use it on another podcast once. The man it is the man, yeah. and he is now young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Francis Ford Coppola must have had. Keanu and Winona thrust on him by the studio. Like, you want to make this weird fucking Dracula movie? Well, you're going to use stars, because that's the only way yeah. we can see it making any money. Who do you got? You got Gary Oldman covered in makeup. Okay, who's your other lead? Uh, Anthony Hopkins? Like, like dude, uh, we need to sell this thing. Yeah. Put some cute people yeah, in there. Exactly. That was back when celebrities could still sell a movie. Yeah, that's right. And Keanu Reeves was a freak. Why'd you go with Johnny Depp or something? Yeah, like, I don't good know. God. Even though I'm pretty sure Johnny Depp would have hammed it up, too. I don't know. Back don't then? I just rewatched Ed Wood, and like that Mid-90s. was around the same time. Like mid nineties, Depp is like mwah, that is like pinnacle Depp. Depp would have made a good Renfield, except I think oh. Renfield was done really well by. Uh, well, by you can't take Tom Waits Tom out of Waits, any yeah. occasion. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know any role that you put Tom Waits in, like Ballad of Buster Scruggs, or this, even oh, uh, Buster. Come so on, good like, at the prospector. exactly. Um, as a quick aside, I watched uh, The Dead Don't Die, the new Linklater, uh, written and directed by. Uh, oh. It was. Atrocious. Oh. It felt like a high school film, not even a fucking student film. Would and you he, rather watch that again or Boyhood? I've never seen Boyhood. Oh, you lucky bastard. I've heard <laughs> that. That's why I keep hearing, and that's why I don't watch it. But um, I feel like I'm still watching that movie. <laughs> that, oh, no, was it? Wait, was it Linklater or Jim Jarmusch? I'm not sure. If it, it may have been Jim Jarmusch. Fuck, when you said the title, like, it sounds a little... The Dead Don't Die. Yeah, it sounds more like a Jarmusch than I think it's Jarmusch. And he wrote and directed it, and that's to his detriment, because it does... It's one of those movies how when you watch it, you can see the script in your head, and that's never a good uh, fucking sign. Yeah. Never. But that's kind of his thing. Like, none but, of his, car- his movies feel like they're just natural. They all feel like plays. Here's the thing. Adam Driver can't act. He can't. He just can't. And Bill Murray can't act. Like, he can be Bill Murray... But I think Bill Murray has trouble when he actually has to play a character who isn't just Bill Murray. He's gotten more limited. Like, if you he's look at, like, Scrooge compared yeah. to, like, Zizou, he's kind of, like, limited himself yeah. a little bit more. So having these two play off each other is just so bad. But there's a great scene in it where um, uh, Tom Tom Waits is walking... Did I say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Waits. Um, he's walking through an anthill. And I just had a great thought, which ties into the Matrix, of imagine these ants... And the way they, they experience the world around them and their input and yeah. how they perceive the universe. Tom Waits walking through their giant five-foot ant colonies is in no way perceivable to them. That is so beyond their comprehension. Sure. So I thought, well, what's our 
who's the Tom, what's the Tom Waits to our ants? Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, what's the so beyond our input of reality that we don't even know it's there? Because there's got it, like, to assume we're the top tier of intelligence and ability to perceive the universe um, is From what really I've been arrogant. told, Kanye West. Is it just Kanye I West? I think it's Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was a great concept and just uh, the philosophy of what's our fucking Tom Waits. I'd love to write a philosophy book called what, Who's Our Tom Waits? That sounds like his, his biography. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like his fucking biopic. But I'm not a spiritual or religious person at all, but there had like to say that we're the top tier of consciousness is so beyond It makes ridiculous. me laugh. I was thinking yeah. about that today when I drove up here. And just the idea of, like, I've thought about it multiple times. I think a lot of people like to think we're at the top because it's kind of a backhanded compliment to yourself to be like, I'm yeah, right. part of the, I'm best, the best species on the you planet. You know, cavemen thought that, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people thought the same thing when they thought the Earth was the center of the universe. Yeah, exactly. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. But having said that. I haven't said that. You know who the, was phenomenal? The perceptions of Carrie Ann Moss. And she was really good. And then she got um, um, the Christopher Nolan movie because of this. She got Memento. Oh, snap, and she's terrifying in that flick. She's, I need to watch that again because I've heard that it's, when edited in order, it's one of the worst movies ever. I'd imagine. It'd be like watching Pulp Fiction super in order. super boring. Yeah, yeah. Even though Pulp Fiction, I think, would still be engaging scene for scene. But, but it, I've heard without that uh, hook of, of discovering it all backwards, it's just the worst well, story. the plot twist would happen at the beginning. It's just a guy showing up and people confuse, fucking with him, and then he shoots a guy at the end, basically. Well, and also you'd, <laughs> you'd figure out right away that, like, oh, no, I'm just deceiving myself, so I'm going to make myself believe whatever I want. And then two hours of him doing that doing thing. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I've seen her in interviews. And she's so adorable. She's yeah. such a sweet... I think she's also Canadian. She was so you have in, two um, Canadians leading this oh, yeah, fucking she is, movie. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I always think of her... Uh, there's a movie that came out, a zombie flick called Fido, that came out a couple... Uh, I remember back. that. With the collars on all those. Yeah, and... Uh, oh, why can't I remember his name? The comedian. Scottish guy, long hair. Oh, Billy yeah, Connolly. Yeah, Billy Connolly. Uh, the fucking El Duce himself. He was the he was the zombie. He was the zombie. Yeah. And she's such a sweetheart in that movie. She's like this Norman Rockwellian G-Shucks mom. <laughs> and then you see her in The Matrix and she's like, dude, she's I, I love... Dialed in, yeah. psycho, yeah. Like, Princess Leia is to me the... Princess Leia and Ripley are like neck and neck for like the sci-fi queens mm-hmm. of just badasses. But Trinity's a close she, third, man. It's because like, of those other two movies. It's like, it's because of the damn second, third Matrix. That but all she's these... one of the best, like, granted those movies aren't great, but yeah. she's one of the strongest characters no, in those two movies. No, but I think movies. that's why we always forget The Matrix. Mm. Why we never put it in lists along with, like, a Star Wars or, or Back to the Future I and shit like that. it's total Star Wars material. Oh, like, the first one, I agree. The trilogy. Like, <laughs> like, it definitely, I don't know. To me, like... The the first one is so good. Mm. The, there's nothing that can drag it down. But the second one is so bad. It gets so bad so instantly. But like again, like all the CGI neos. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to dwell on the good part. Why are you taking this away from me? Sorry, sorry. I'm trying to dwell sorry, on the, the deliciousness of the first Matrix. I, just I haven't gone to Joey Pants <laughs> and his inability to stay at like a non-spin. Hey Neo! Oh man, you're here to save the planet. Him eating the steak in the first one. Doesn't that look like the most delicious steak? Yeah, just the sound effect they use. Yeah. It's, it just it always makes you want steak, and it always reminds me of the Tarantino thing of if someone's eating food in a movie, if you don't want that food, they failed at shooting that yeah. food. Yeah, Tarantino's great at that, but that steak, I agree, that like soft Fuck. crunch when he chews into it. Every yeah. time I watch that movie... Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. I don't know. I, I don't know. And that, well, so are you a fan of the second and third Matrix? I'm, I'll get there. Oh, I'm God. getting there. I, I, I want to blow the fuck up out of the first feeling. one first. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get there. But I also love what's his face, Hugo Weaving, because oh fuck yeah, that villain is just so unique. Yeah, 
he's like this cold cow. He's almost like the Terminator crossed with Bruce Lee. Yep. But what I love the most about Smith is that he's so non-agent. He's like, I fucking hate people. Yeah. So much. I he will, hates his job. Yeah, it's I just, the smell. I just want to be deleted. I want yeah. to become obsolete so I can get the fuck out of here. I hate this place. And then he gets copied like a virus. It, it, gets, it gets very convoluted. But again, I guess we'll get there. We'll get there. What do you think about What's-His-Face, Tank and Dozer? Um... I'm it, like all the peripheral Nebuchadnezzar crew. They're f- I have no problems with them. I think they're fine, just sort of background characters. Considering was, most of them get wiped out wiped in one out. scene. But it was weird that that did he like negotiate for too much money or something to be in the sequel? Apparently, because, I don't know the name of the actor. Um, that dude was kind of hard to work with. So they just made it his. Uh, he died at some point between he the dies, first and second which film, which is so brutal because Tank, Dozer, right? Dozer. Uh, yeah, his his older brother Tank, which always bugged me. I'm like, okay. Do- no, Dozer's his older brother, Tank. So he's the the younger one. The one that lives is the one that lives He's Dozer Hispanic, first of all. He's and his <laughs> brother's black. That always drove him. Like, did the Wachowskis know how fucking genetics work? Do you think maybe, though, they were brothers in the real world? And then when they woke how up, was they one of them like, like 100% black and he's like... Do you think that they use, like, in the Matrix, do you think they're putting two pods together and then taking the babies from No, because from those they, there's pods? a line where he's like, we're 100% pure-born Zions. Oh, right. They're born of natural conception. They're, they were never in the Matrix. Half? Siblings? Maybe, like maybe just down in Zion, like as we saw. Do you think just, anyone would notice in it, 1999? And that's what bugs me the most <laughs> about that movie. For like, they tried to, so much to go for representation in terms of, like the crew being this multi-ethnic cast, but like, do they ever say they're blood brothers? He maybe, says we're maybe, brothers. We're pure brothers adopted. I guess you could go with that. Yeah. It's a little... It pissed me off. It seems odd. <laughs> it's a little You know weird. the thing is, though? The Wachowski sisters weren't wrong because as a kid, I didn't even think about it. Well, he dies off camera. The point is the dude eventually dies off camera in between the two movies because he was a dick. They killed him off. Yeah. But... I don't know. Mouse. Oh, it was not Mouse. Yeah, Mouse. No, Mouse was the little the little guy with the mouse. Who, who went on to sell Obi-Wan Kenobi some death sticks. Oh, yeah. Or at least tried to. What an interesting time. It's so, like Hugo Weaving 2 would have done 1999 Matrix 2001 was Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings yep. right out of the gate and he was only in the first, well, first and third one I guess there was something else in that period when they did oh V for Vendetta V for Vendetta 2005 which um, is we should do a V for Vendetta podcast because uh, I, talk I, about that I know Alan days. Moore hates the shit out of it but I love the adaptation of V for Vendetta that movie yeah 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 it's really which good which is rare because you know straight up Alan Moore adaptations have not fared well exactly and I think that's a pretty damn good one in terms of just going back to the idea and reinventing it for yeah. the time that movie nails it like yeah, yeah. perfectly and, but uh, oh we should talk about the new Watchmen series at some point too is that starting soon? It's starting this fall I know it's part of the fall lineup <sighs> Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm intrigued. intrigued. I hope it's not a sequel to the movie because I goddamn hate the movie. I don't think they're touching Zack Snyder's. I think they're doing a sequel to, to the book. The book. I think there's a straight up mention of the squid in the trailer. Yeah, I, there's a picture of it or something. And then old man Ozzy Mendes. Yeah, all oh, played um, by Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. Perfect casting. Yeah. Um, can't be any worse than Matthew Gibb. But anyways, <laughs> uh, he was Ozzy Mendes, wasn't he? Oh Lord God, was look he on ever. my works, you mighty in despair. For fuck's sake. <laughs> the one thing that I love about this movie the most, because as an H.R. Giger fan, just the return to biomechanics. Oh, yeah, it's very Giger-inspired. Oh, the pods, the sentinels. Like, I love the aesthetic of the machine world. I like yeah, the idea that machines awesome. evolve to the point where like, we no longer are confined by the constraints of like, we have a budget, we have to use these metals. Like, what would happen if machines were allowed to think creatively? Yeah, just do what they would do. They yeah. wouldn't look human. Yeah, the idea yeah. was is that they the... Uh, 
the design team looked at like perfect organisms that haven't evolved over millions of years because yeah. they figure like squids and bugs they haven't changed because nature reached its apex with and this didn't design need to. didn't need to Crocodile change it hasn't changed in how many millions exactly. of years yeah. so like they were just like that's what machines would build they're mm-hmm. no longer confined by gravity or fuel or any of that shit so they can just build perfect organisms I love the design of the sentinels. It's pretty awesome. I love the design of the machine world in the thermal. It's got coral reef. Yeah, which is yeah, these yeah, weird yeah. bugs scurrying on you. You're like, what the fuck? Do you remember the silver snail used to have all the sentinels set up? Oh, do I ever? Back before they moved for so, the worst, stupidest reason ever. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> we love you, silver snail. But we love you, silver snail. But that your old location was so perfect. It your was new location is so bad. We, I miss your window displays. I miss your Christmas window displays with your ATATs. Here's the thing. <laughs> so cute. I need a ten second tangent on on these guys move. Because for anyone listening uh, who's not in Toronto, Silver Snail is an iconic comic book shop that used to be in Queen West, and it was a great because it had a big open window display mm-hmm. out front, and they'd always set up like Japan of the season or if there were new movies coming out or something. If you were a nerdy kid from a small town, it was like your mecca because oh, yeah. it was like this big city oh, yeah, small yeah, town yeah. comic book shop. Yeah. And then they moved. I don't know if why they moved. I don't know if they had to or if they thought it would be better foot traffic to move to Young and Dundas, which is essentially Toronto's wannabe Times Square. Yep. So people visiting, it's just a tourist intersection. So tourists aren't going to be like, hey, let's go check out a comic book shop that's yeah. now up a flight of stairs and there's just a little rickety sign out front indicating yep. they're, they're even there. Yeah. And then uh, people who would frequent it all the time prior aren't going to go down <laughs> fucking town. Yeah. To Young and Dundas. We all hate that neighborhood. We all hate that intersection in particular. We all hate because it's trying so hard to Let's get a bunch square. of comic book introverts to go to one of the most popular yeah. intersections in the city. The most insanely irritating <laughs> places to go in Toronto. Let's, yeah. let's stick a comic shop. So I don't know if they were just relying on tourist traffic, but I've gone in there a handful of times since it moved and it's always empty. Yeah, yeah it's just dead empty. And no wall of sentinels. So no wall of sentinels. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Because those sentinels were awesome. There was so many of them. They so had cool. like 10 of mm-hmm. ten or so, just all squiggled and inner. Yeah, it looked like the, what's the, they call it, the Hand of God sequence from the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what else did. I love about that first one, too, on a final closing note before we veer into, into the, the second, se- third. into the fucking sequels? I love, like, you know, the way Rage Against the Machine ends the movies and everything. <laughs> that movie is a parable for, one, the technology that was impeding on humanity that we were not ready for Mm -hmm. this false world where we build avatars of ourselves online this community and just turn into like the weirdest (laughs) versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. there's no accountability anymore like and and like in a weird way like the in in terms of like people being canceled in this day and era uh, the way morpheus is like you die in the matrix you die in the real world you can kill someone's career oh, yeah. with the Matrix these days. You can start a petition to get them fired from their job because of a bad tweet. Exactly. And then they, they lose their home and then they're on the street and then yeah. they and lose also, their Medicare and die. And going back to what we're saying about, you know, the, the 90s were kind of like the last hurrah for like artistic types and fucking creative thinking. I think it was the last hurrah for the Western world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That movie really is just like, I love that line where, I, I paraphrase it all the time, where Morpheus says, some people are so reliant on the system that they will fight to defend it. Yeah. And that movie was That's, so ahead of its time. I'm just yeah. like, some people are so dialed into the Matrix that they don't even know that they're in it. That and they're, they're defending de- something atrocious. They're defending people who are literally sucking their resources yeah. to sustain themselves. You yeah. know, like there's a, an upper class here that doesn't give a fuck about the yeah. lower class that takes all your money and hard work. But they tweet hilarious things. Oh, yeah. 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 He talks the way I think. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'd like to grab a beer with that guy. I'd you like know? to grab a pussy with that guy. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Boom! I'll say it till I die. Fuck that clown. <laughs> Fuck that orange-headed clown. 
He said it. You voted for him, y'all. Which, and, and, and this is strictly a personal perspective, fuck that clown brings us to Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. Okay, so when those came out, I had... I was immediately disappointed. I'm throwing that out there. I didn't have any interest. I remember no. one of my friends was like, hey, that Matrix sequel came out. I'm like, oh, the sequel to and the Bill and Ted costume movie? Yeah, it was <laughs> like, like I, Back to the Future 2 where it was... Only like eight months apart. Uh, yeah, something. one came out in the summer, and the next one came out like I think November. Yeah, I had it the was poster really on my wall. quick. Yeah, because back then they didn't think a direct like because only the only movie that succeeded at having a direct like cliffhanger was really Empire Strikes Back at yeah. that point. So they were worried about it. Every fucking movie kind of aped that formula though, of like the standalone, the middle cliffhanger, and then the big battle finale. Third one, yeah. Um, and I don't know why they went that route with that movie. It, I guess Star Wars. It didn't fucking need it. It didn't make any sense. Like, the journey of the one, to me, was just like, no, just unplug more people. Yeah. Have Neo in the background. Unplug- it got way too convoluted and arguably too confusing. Because it's not like one of those... It's not like a Zack Snyder movie where it has the illusion of confusing, but when you think about it, it isn't. Mm. The Matrix is genuinely confusing. Yeah. Steeped in a lot of insanely deep research of, like, fundamental aspects of humanity and mm-hmm. philosophy and thought and et cetera. And it confuses the fuck out of me. <laughs> My pure virtue of that fact in that movie between, like, the, the Merovingian, the French guy, the architect, uh, the old councilman on fucking Zion, Morpheus, there's several scenes in that movie where characters just have to sit you down. And tell you. And, and even then it's not you. clear. Like, like I, I, I'm not a, a fucking genius by any stretch of the imagination, but this movie t- it takes a lot of research that they don't <laughs> offer up freely. Like, they will sit and talk at the camera for five minutes, and you still have to go, okay, who's this character representing? Right, right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right. What I did like about that movie is because, anyways, yeah, when it came out, a friend of mine recommended, he's like, oh, dude, you gotta go see the next major Holy oh, shit, the opening alone with Trini jumping out the what building. the opening of this? Oh, oh the uh, vision. Neo's vision, yeah, yeah. He starts yeah, yeah. having uh, visions of the future yeah. of Trini dying. Yeah, because they Jesus Neo, and I get that like the Jesus parables made sense for the first one, objectively. In the second one, they go a little too far with it when he's getting actual powers outside of the Matrix, and you're like, "What? Oh, no, I forgot about that." No, no, no. And he's literally wearing a cassock. Yeah, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no." There, there's elements in those second and third ones that I feel like if you took them out, it could make a solid sequel. If you combine 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 them, them, but like it's just it's too much over. Two movies mm-hmm. about a bunch of peripheral characters that you don't care. I'm like, I'm sorry, Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, why are you here? Like, you're interesting <laughs> to look at. Your character and looks cool as shit, but like, I didn't. I remember like, because again, this would have been right at my age appropriate because I would have been er, just hitting like 20. Yeah, and like rave music and shit was all the, all the thing to do. <laughs> and even at that age, I was like, wait, so the future of humanity just raves yeah. in a cave? The best part about that. <laughs> is whenever like you know like Council Han is up there and he's giving this like you know eulogy for all the people it's all a Zion there's like old and young yeah, the yeah. second that orgy starts it's all just sexy sweat, sweaty like everywhere. wet t-shirt girls but it's like what happened to all the people yeah. that were why is this dude just whipping his gross wet Wouldn't treads around would it be around? more like a Mennonite colony than anything else yeah. why is it like why is it because in I think it was just stylistically to ape the first film's nightclub sequences. It was. Like, yeah, and, but it didn't wasn't appropriate. So much so in the third one, we had to add some titty twisting in an S&M club. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they, and for the some... sex scene between Neo and, and Trinity. I remember the second one was one of the first movies that they started releasing on IMAX. Remember that became a big thing? Like see When they movie? actually shot it on, on IMAX. IMAX film. Yeah. So I had to see Keanu Reeves' ass like six stories <laughs> tall. <laughs> that pissed me right off. I remember it was fuzzy. 
I just remember it was fuzzy. He's really fuzzy? Yeah. Well, he's naturally hairless everywhere else. That's true. I guess it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere, right? That's the thing. I, I, I'm a fuzzy little fucker, but none on my butt. Not on your butt? <laughs> it's, 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 it's like one or the other. I'm half Asian, half black. All the hair I have is on my fro. <laughs> That's all I got, dude. <laughs> but I just, that movie, I remember when it came, I do like the idea, like when it came out of, there's going to be these twin ghost things we're gonna go into like the oh, idea yeah, yeah, of like yeah. they look so cool on the edge yes like I and then when you found out like they were rogue programs mm. that's again there's nuggets in there like this is a cool story but it's just executed so sloppily there's Weren't too much shit. vampires so this is how much of a matrix nerd I am the the the, the architect uh, implicates this at one point so there's been several different versions Werewolf of the matrix those guys are left over from a version of the matrix where so basically they try to make a version where everybody was super happy and, and no one no yeah. one re- they all rejected the the program so a bunch of crops died so instead they went the polar opposite way they're like let's just make a nightmare version of the matrix so it was just like ghouls Isn't and it said vampires in the, yeah, in the movie i think it's implicated in either remember the enter the matrix video game Okay, and yeah. then the Animatrix. Or, or the Animatrix, one of the two, because when that movie came out, they jumped on the Lucasfilm bandwagon of building a bunch of uh, different... Uh, that game played like a beast. Uh, it was like fucking tank controls and shit. It was... It was the way, remember the way they ran? Uh, <laughs> it was so sloppily done. It was so sloppily done. I'd be the, like, well, it has the story in it. We have to know. We exactly. Have to the movie. Yeah. You have to know why Ghost is there. And it's like, I don't give a shit about Ghost. He I has, tried so hard to play that game. He has one line in the movie. Yeah. I don't fucking care about Ghost. I'm sorry. I'm sure the guy, the actor's a nice guy, but like, I don't care about Ghost at all. Animatrix, though, was amazing. I really oh. dug the Animatrix. I think it may in a lot of ways be better than The Matrix, the first one. I just like the 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 Renaissance, the first and second Renaissance. Yeah, those I, were really good. I don't really remember the other ones. But I, those um, two were so good, I'll, I'll it's worth watching The Animatrix. You know, I'll admit, I just endorsed it so blindly, but I'll admit it's been a long time since I watched it, and I can't, I just remember liking it yeah. more than the details of what happened because the renaissance one is like a, that's the super anime one with robots it's very smashed around it's and, very todd mcfarlane-esque yeah very very spawn. oh it's so good oh man you know what we should do as yet another aside the hbo spawn series is fucking amazing oh that's cool it's from that. like the 90s oh and it's it's just a, a pure uh, adaptation the way like the x-men cartoon would make the x-men comics oh it's that, but done by HBO and based on the Spawn. Who plays Spawn? Uh, the voice of Spawn is, I believe it's made. I'm Marianne. sorry, the fucking uh, animated series. The animated series. I thought we were talking about live action one. I do remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I believe it's Maid Marian who plays the oh, voice Keith of, David. I think it's the. I think oh, it's the voice. Yeah, I love Keith David. And uh, oh, the movie can go fuck itself. It's the worst thing ever. That Spawn movie. <laughs> fuck. Did it come out in '96? Can we talk the, about that? The effects are great, but the rest of it. Good lord. I like the design of the costume. Oh, the effect. The cape looks like it's... No, not the CGI cape, but just the actual oh, suit. Costume, yeah. I think looks really cool. If they actually pinned a real suit on, like cape on him, yes. it would have looked awesome. Yeah, the CGI cape is out of control. <laughs> no, that that I do not like that movie. Speaking of out of control CGI. Oh, we're talking about the Matrix now. Remember that fucking burly brawl where it turns into a video game cutscene? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the, 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 they um, were talking about how they built like t- three or four miles of road for this epic road chase scene? Come on, that freeway chase is sick. I will not hear a con word about their freeway chase. They peppered in so many CGI people into it, though. It bugged the shit out of me. Like when they jump on the hood of a car and it was just the CGI, like PlayStation 2 looking guy going, boom. Like, oh, look at that real car with an explosion happening under the hood and it flipping. And then this, <laughs> this PlayStation 2 quality thing I can jumping off the car. But like, still, oh. I remember watching. The, the documentary of how they filmed that if you look at that shot specifically 
So what you got going on in that shot is a car that has an imploding hood mm-hmm. that sucks in whenever the guy quote jumps on it. It flips. Has a, what do you call it? A hydro, a pneumatic pipe that shoots out the back to make it flip. Mm-hmm. If you look closely behind it, the car behind it has, um, I forget what it's called. It's a little jackknife of a ramp that oh. cars drive over on the one side to make them flip. So the car behind it flips over. All this happens simultaneously in one fucking shot. No, no, I will not argue that the the choreo- choreography. The sausage of, dude looks terrible. Is what that's you're saying. The problem <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that when you go like I guess my point is when you spend that much time crafting such an artic- uh, articulate scene, it's all ignored if you put a sausage dude on it. Sure. So you fuck up everything you did. <laughs> If you do that. But it looks so cool. Could they just filmed a guy in front of a blue screen jumping and then jumping up again? The irony was that's what they did for the bullet time thing. But I I think they were so overconfident with CGI stunt doubles. I don't know where they got that confidence because the Burly Brawl looks terrible. There's like the second half. The first half is great. And then the second half, once he pulls the pipe out of the ground. Oh, God. Yeah, the transition. (laughs) Actually, the camera camera goes past, I think, a smith. And he goes from Neo to... It, it's it's when he starts twirling in the yeah. air. I remember when I watched that scene in theaters, it bugged the shit. I'm mean, like, why is there a perfect six foot pole just sticking out of the right It's not a fence post. It's yeah. not a t ball post. He summoned it with his neo powers. Like what? And again, the neo the parameters of the neo powers don't really make sense no, in that movie. Not really locked down. He's got the force. Like he pulls the size off the wall. Then I'm like, why can't you just like knock the Smiths over right. with your telekinesis? If you can manipulate the Matrix. It's just and, whatever works for plot convenience, yeah. basically. And the Doing first, a Superman thing. And the first one, you could dive into a dude and just explode him. Right. Why yeah, didn't you just do problem. that to the agents when they showed up at the start of that Because it was flick. a standalone film, the first one. They had to scramble to figure out how to make two sequels because it made a ton of fucking money. I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, that The Matrix was never intended to have sequels. It, it should was, never have, yeah. It shouldn't have. It was just that ending of, like, I'm free now, I'm going to free everyone else. But, um... I wonder now, because it's a Fox property, so Disney, I think, is the one pushing... Warner Brothers. Oh, it's Warner Brothers. Um, Warner Brothers. If anyone at Warner Brothers is listening, before your fourth Matrix movie comes out, which is now in pre-production, can you just go back and reanimate those people? I'm sure they have the money for it, too. Right? right? Yeah. And then just because you just fix that atrocious CGI... And the movies, I don't really like movies. It anyways, goes up a grade, but already. it does go up a grade. It goes from in my brain from like a, a D to a C minus, right? With, with those fucking fixing those effects. That movie. Now that I'm thinking about because I just remember Seraph, who's a great character. I love the idea that the Oracle has like this protector, who's this cool kung fu dude. Mm. But like it try, it's it just grinds to a halt, establishing all these new things. Like here's Zion, here's Niobe. Did you know that the hovercrafts were all part of a crew, and there's a bunch of different mm. ones, and then Captain Buttchin to Batches them all, and you're like, yeah. oh lord. I, like, that's th- I think my biggest complaint was that I didn't like Zion because Zion is just right? an image in your head in the first one of para- essentially quote unquote paradise for these people who've escaped. Mm. And then Zion ended up being a rave party with militaristic overtones. It's a shitty like, underground what? tube city full of hippie people. It looks like a commune from a fucking hard Krishna parade. Yeah. Like it just, I don't know. Or, but then also confusing imagery because everyone's all filthy and dirty and grubby in caves, but then the military part is all like pristine white. White paneled walls. Everyone's in uniforms when they're like bringing in the Nebuchadnezzar at the beginning. Yeah. So I was like, wait, are they filthy? But, or are oh, they... you're talking about when they're in that little simulation control thing? Yeah, yeah. When they're bringing, when they're. Um, See, I always chalk that up to. They're okay. in a little matrix of their own? Yes, because the code, you notice, is blue. So in the matrix, the green code is them interpreting the matrix, hacking the machine matrix, right? Oh, okay. So you the think... blue is the construct. 
That's where, like, Neo trains with Morpheus and all that shit. Wait, so those poor people who were freed from the Matrix and like, well, Jim, <laughs> we need someone to traffic control in these ships. So, <laughs> they shove her back in the fucking thing. Yeah. Maybe it's just easier for the software interface to control all the doors and shit to plug to them in. in. Yeah. I, that's the only I thing know. I could come up with. And at least make their office a little nicer. Like, give them a right? house plant or something. They're something. Just, they're sitting... So THX 1138. Yeah! Environment. Uh, but... I don't know. There's there's facets of that movie that I like. Again, I like the idea of like programs going rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I the, the Smith's return always confused me a little. Okay, because he was just a program. Yes, but then he came back as a virus. So like he was a corrupted program. So what happens is, and it's kind of cool because visually it's very subtle. But I always liked it. So, at the end of the first movie, mm-hmm. whenever Neo jumps into Agent Smith and deletes him, mm-hmm. his program code is meant to go back to the source. But he couldn't. He was impe- compelled to disobey. Oh, the, so a little free will. Exactly. <clears throat> in there. So basically, if you look at the one, the one is essentially like the remainder in Long Division, right? The Matrix works perfectly except for this one dude who's able to bend the rules. He's like this one equation that fucks everything up. Okay. So what the architect tells him is like, okay, your job right now is to go back to the prime code and reinsert yourself. That fixes the Matrix. You pick 23 individuals and you restart this cycle all over again. We wipe out Zion, and it becomes a whole new cycle. And it's done time and time and time again. It's done over and over again. So the longer he's outside the Matrix, the more the equation is getting fucked up. The way the equation's compensating is by making more Smiths. Okay. So instead of a one, you have a many. And you can tell because Agent Smith, one, can unplug himself. He takes that earpiece out, so he's no longer part of the Matrix. Two, his suit starts becoming black, like Neo's suit. It's no longer green. And then he goes into a real world dude at one point. Which never made sense to me. That's, that's where that's, I really started being like, are you fucking serious? He, I guess he just copies his consciousness onto them. It doesn't make him. any sense. It's like, odd. how can a digital thing go into an organic body? That, that's where I, I was like... I felt like we just need a, an antagonist in the real world. How yeah, are we going to do this? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of moments like that. Yeah. Where, like, you're interrupting your your bizarre philosophy with, with plot convenience. Right, right. But I do like the idea of just like Agent Smith is the anti-Neo. Okay. Because the, the full arc to that whole thing is that he becomes you know the enemy my enemy is my friend the machines are like we can't fucking kill smith right he's literally amount he's taken over everybody in the fucking matrix we cannot stop him so is there where the matrix die at the very end yeah the end of that because remember there's that one scene where they uh they first log on they don't go into the matrix in that movie in the third one until like the last half hour and it's all smith and they're looking at the screen and the code's all fucked they're just like what is going on in there yeah, it's because yeah. smith is just killing everyone so all those pods are being flushed out with yeah i always wanted to see that too it's just flush flush yeah like the way they suck neo out it's just everyone's dying so the machines are like dude we have to stop this program and then the i guess the overall concept at the end is that they restart the matrix but with people knowing they're in a matrix and getting to choose if they want to be in a matrix i think it's left ambiguous it's a little more ambiguous ambiguous, or did the cycle just repeat is that how it's always was. remember it was called the rise of neo there was a video game that followed because um, I was really dialed into the online community. There was a whole thing. It was really interesting. So you could build an avatar and actually uh, participate in this online Matrix game that was on the site. Okay. And it was kind of cool because the servers all of a sudden, like the game developers started spooling out secret messages, like in the first movie, like on your computer screen. People start getting messages from Neo. Okay. Implicating that the one has shown up again. He's back again. And it's, it's the cycle's about to begin anew. So I think the whole... Again, oh, like because we're the next cycle. Yeah, and that well, was the story of the last cycle. Well, there's also the kind of insinuation in the third one that 
the real world is also the simulation. That's mm. how Neo controls Sentinels. Is that it's just oh, yeah, a simulation yeah. within a simulation to keep everyone happy, so they don't know that they're actually in the. That's a depressing program. fucking. Right? So I wonder what uh, wonder what the pods look like in the real, real, real. It would be great world. if they just got there and it was floating squids yeah. and just nothing conceivable. <laughs> just like people screaming as they're like latched to walls. You know what always bugged me from the second or third film is that the woman who played the Oracle died, mm-hmm. and they cast another elderly black lady Correct. to play the Oracle. If the, and, but then she didn't die in the movie, but in the next movie she was like, oh, something fucking happened to me and I had to come back in a new body. Yes. Why would she come back in the exact same body but slightly different? Why wouldn't she, if she was going to come back as an old black lady, why wouldn't she be the exact old black lady? So why wouldn't she come back in a completely different body? Why wasn't it like a teenage Asian kid or something? Yeah, you no, know that, I know, mean? that's definitely a fault of the director to try and cast an actress who was... Who was pretty much... I think that was for audiences. So why even mention it then? Because they recast actors all the time. I know. So or they could have just given her dialogue to Seraph, like her, right. her bodyguard. Like he could have taken over. I, that one always kind of bugged me. Like it's one of those things where a real world thing fucked it up. Yeah. You yeah. know, like. But I mean, they like I mean the the Marty's girlfriend is different from Back to the Future one and two, and they don't mention it. I'm yeah, like, Maggie Gyllenhaal in Dark Knight. Yeah, you know, just cast another actress. Why? Why draw attention to it if I you're don't gonna? Know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um... I will say this, though. I, the one thing that was so great, The Matrix 2 definitely had that prequels down, downfall to it where it set up all these amazing possibilities. Mm. I remember in like those eight months between 2 and 3 talking about with my friends, there's a speech that the Merovingian's wife, Monica Bellucci, gives mm. where she's like, oh, he was once like you when we first got here. So people are like, oh, was he the original one? Of the nightmare dimension, was he the one that had to free the original twenty three and start a vampire zone? Yeah, no. or even like the old man who's like hitting on Neo. You oh, want to yeah, yeah, yeah. go down and see the water filtration yeah, plant? Yeah, yeah. How tall are you, Neo? Can you do you bench press? That yeah. old guy. Everyone thought he might have been an old one. There was so many, or like the Indian dude who's being led away from the table. There was so many cool potential ideas. That, that just, second movie and just well, the third one was just yeah, a two hour fight scene essentially. Like, there wasn't a lot of plot in, in Matrix Revol- Revolutions. The thing I hate the most about the Matrix Revolutions is that it's Return of the Jedi through the lens of... Which there's, Even he starts at Jabba the Hutt's yeah, at the beginning. Exactly. There's yeah. a, that whole, like, botched rescue scene. Yeah. And then they rescue him, and then Luke has to go off on his solo endeavor. It's weird how it's, Star Wars it gets. Yeah, it's, it's too much. It gets, I'm like, you guys literally just play for play did Star Wars and then I, like, this is what I'm talking about too about how like like unlike Zack Snyder their, their concepts are make sense and are a little too depthful without explanation is that the entire thrust of his character is to save Trinity and then she just dies in the third one so you're like okay so I'm, you're saying something with this but I'm not getting it because you're not being twice. clear they yeah. kill her twice they in kill two her movies twice so I know I get it who's this representative of is it some like like ancient fucking Indian goddess who was resurrected and then died right away or something. Like, sure. I know it's something, sure. but I don't know what it is, and so it just ends up being confusing. It's really confusing. <laughs> and irritating. I do love, I don't know, the one thing I will say about the third one, because I guess we're on the third one now, there's not much mm-hmm. else we got about Reloaded, right? And the third one is pretty much just a fight scene. It's just a battle for Zion and... I like the dog scene. The dog? The dog. The dog. Oh. With the mech with machines? The, with, with the Avatar uh, James Cameron machines? Yes. The design of those robots is stupid. Mm. I just don't get why you wouldn't... Because they have hovercrafts. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just have a hover gun yeah. per person? Yeah. Instead of this walking, clunking thing that can get knocked over. I never understood that. I will that. never naysay the uh, craftsmanship behind these things. Because uh, for as bad as the CGI people were, the CGI 
robots, machines were fucking amazing. It's so cool. And that whole Balfour Zion is great. Like, if you took that out and just made it, like, a 40-minute short film yes. called The Balfour Zion. Yes. Like, awesome. Yeah. I'm in. This the is great. giant drills dropping into the bay, and then, like, a swarm of sentinels comes in. Sanity oh, in. it's so cool. The giant base monster at the end that Blind Neo talks to, is that the architect? I always thought it was supposed to be. But in no. the real world? No. Or in the quote-unquote real world? The architect is a program that's kind of like the programmer who designed the Matrix along with the Oracle. So what's that That thing's thing? supposed to... I don't know why the, the machines have a god. He's named the deus ex machina. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he very much is. Why he takes the form of a giant baby also kind of bugs me. You're a machine. Why would you replicate, one, a human, and two, yeah. a baby? Like, how does that make any fucking... Why would you just have a big screen with a sound bar on it? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand with why... A super bassy voice. Oh, just straight out of fucking um, uh, Mass Effect. It's so silly. Yeah. It's so fucking silly. But... I, yeah, God, so he goes and talks to God, and what does God do for him? He sends him back? Like what? He plugs him in. He plugs it. That's where he gets plugged he, he in. He gets right? plugged in and again. saved for later. Yes, presumably, like yeah, Thomas Anderson is is saved for later. Yeah, but like the whole arc of that movie, where it just becomes he has to stop Smith. It's convenient. Like yeah, you did yeah. put those pieces in motion in the second one. God needs to stop the devil with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's a little. It's a little on the nose. It all takes on a different flavor too, because I never realized the Matrix was supposed to potentially be a, just another Matrix, or Zion was another Matrix. Yeah, I never realized that they yeah. even implied that. Because it doesn't really make sense unless Neo's a wireless telephone. How the fuck did he stop the Sentinels? Because I thought the... it just got so far up its ass with the Christ uh, imagery that he was just starting to become Christ. Oh, the walk on water shot right. where he's walking and the pools are coming out right. of his feet. Like so, oh my god, you can do this in the real world. It just. Tim, like there's did a, he ever? Oh, sorry. But did he ever uh, affect physical things or just machines in, in the real world? In the real world? Because maybe he just was a, he was programmed into there. Did he have like a microchip in his head kind of thing? I think the implication is that because he's the one somewhere in his real world physical form, he's part wired into, into the machines. That's why he machines, yeah. stop Sentinels and for some reason have his consciousness project into a fucking subway station with Bruce Spence. I never understood that part. <laughs> I never will understand that part. But it does make stupid it... stupid little Indian girl. I <laughs> fucking hate that. Hello, Neil. It makes Are you okay, uh... Neil? His name is Neo, little girl. It's not Neil. Stop <laughs> fucking calling him Neil. No, we got it. We got it. We, need, we only have a day on this location. And then that Indian dude that from the, the fucking restaurant, that mystifying character, yeah, he's just a dude. Oh, yeah. He ended up just being a dude. Just being a dude. He's a program who fell in love, and you're like, oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to give me this metaphor of like, hey, us and them, other people can fall in love too. It's like, fuck you. The first one was so cool. It was so simple. You're reliant on a system that does yep. not give a fuck about it's you. Universal. But they try to go for this fucking religious anthropological. And too much bullshit. of a mythology. Too much. I don't. I, I was like, that's the third one. The chinks in the armor just didn't start to show. They tore right the fuck open. Yeah. And I'm like, this is preachy as fuck. And I get that you can interpret it in many ways, but I, I liked the idea. And now that I know that it absolutely isn't the idea, I'm a little more bummed out. But I like the idea that we were the next Matrix. That that this trilogy was the story of the last. Matrix and us as an audience watching the Matrix was the new Matrix. I was right. like, that would be neat, but then nah, it's not. I always thought all. the perfect ending, especially after the second one, they implicate this has happened dozens of times before. Yeah, yeah. Should have been Neo in Morpheus's chair from the first one saying, I'm going to offer you a choice. And he does the whole blue pill, red yeah, pill, yeah, yeah. cut to rage against the machine, and that's the end of the that's fucking the of movie. So here's the question. Given the t- almost almost twenty years, actually no twenty years, obviously because of this podcast, uh. since the Matrix and the, what the uh, sixteen or seventeen since the other two, 
uh, with the changes in the world, what is the Matrix for? Because it's in pre-production. The Wachowski starship is making it. I would have to imagine it's it's what two and three should have been. Because imagine it fall is it Neo's in it, right? Like uh, yeah, Carrie Ann Moss and Carrie uh, Ann Moss is in it. Yeah, she, I think it's been confirmed. She hasn't aged a day since those movies, so she could totally do it too. Well, but is it going to be set twenty years later? Is it going to be just the next iteration? She could be a vision. She could be like a hologram or something. You know, like what's it? Like, what do they have to say now? Because basically. There's nothing. The Matrix predicted our current world, so is it going to predict the next? Here you go. You have a bunch of people like Joey Pants from the first one who are literally fighting to protect the machines. I think that would be very indeed. Like it would speak for the time we are in now, mm-hmm. where like Neo's trying to unplug people, but there's this new wave of fucking humans who are like, "Oh, we know about the red pill. We don't fucking want to get out. Stay the fuck away from us." And they have to like it's you know they're going to push for it to be a trilogy, so this is going to be the introduction. So they have to get Neo back somehow. Is he that, just gonna wake up and again? Be like like God, let me go. Well, again, that seed's been planted. They said there's a bunch of different ones. There's a theory. Well, that's my question. Do you think this is gonna be another uh, iteration, or is it gonna be a continuation of the trilogy? I think you gotta do a continuation of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is gonna be Mr. Anderson waking up, going, "Dude, I aged like twenty years." <laughs> it is the Why man. Why did my? <laughs> 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 he is now old. <laughs> Is that what it's going to be? Do you want to do another take on that kid? No, I'm good. No. It's good. Um, <laughs> I guess it's got it. you got to pick up from where the last one left off. I'd like to think why of all... Because there's an implication. Um, so remember in the first movie when he, he gets arrested by the agents and they're interviewing, there's a row of TV monitors. Mm. And the next one we find out, that row of team, TV monitors is the architect. He was watching him since day one. Right. So when he has all the Neos on the screen, and remember every time he asks him a question, all the Neos respond differently. The implication is that that's all the previous ones. Previous ones, all looking the exact same. So maybe the reason we're telling the story of this specific Thomas Anderson, this he's Neo... He's the one that broke it all. He's the one that has to break the system. So I could see it going in a way where it's just like, no, 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 whenever he sacrificed himself and made this steadfast peace between the machines, it create an, a counter movement or whatever like mm-hmm. it all went to shit yeah, it's going to be the ramifications of what happened yeah because like, i doubt the system you know? unless they do just want to straight up reboot and have it the next iteration but i imagine that that they wouldn't be interested in that since it is wachowski's doing it the original i remember there was a rumor about a year or two ago that it was going to be michael b joran as a young morpheus which to me was like that's a knockout idea but then uh, i just the prequel syndrome though Prequel syndrome. You gotta can, know where it all goes. Sure, sure, but like in terms of like, I like the idea more of a story of a dude who's like told this impossible task, and it becomes his life goal to find the one. You know, it would be interesting if he was the uh, uh, Morpheus, young Morpheus, but the next Morpheus. So not the one we saw, but the next iteration of the cycles, or the previous iteration of the cycles, Morpheus. Because I imagine if Neo is mm, always there, Morpheus right. is always there. Right. There's always uh, someone who has to find the one. Right. That's one way you could go with it. That'd be kind of interesting. That would al- it's almost, it's sort of like a, a bit of a multiverse sort of approach to yeah. it, but still. Maybe in the next one, having seen the Wachowskis work up late, it'll be Neo cleaning a toilet, and then a wolf boy shows up and says, hey, you know what? You're, you're special, and Eddie Redmayne's going to overact the fuck out of this thing. And, ooh, also, everyone has to play every ethnic minority. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one. I want to see Hugo Weaving as like an old black woman and an Asian guy. And I want to see Tom Hanks covered in tattoos talking about the true true. 
wait a minute. They didn't do Cloud Atlas, did they? Yeah. Well, they didn't direct it. It was another director, but they wrote it and produced it. They wrote that one? Yeah. Adapted it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they they filmed segments of it as well. It was like a co-production between them and the director of Run, Lola, Run. They had a similar thing with the... V for Vendetta. Yeah. Like they kind of co-directed and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. We're uh, we're coming to, I think, we're uh, up to an hour here, but I want to cap this off, unless you have more. I just, I, I, I don't know, like, the, the sequels, I think everyone's unanimously just like, Bleh. they're yeah. not great, They're it's a slog to get through, and visually, I think they're fucking really well done. I think there's a lot of stuff, oh, yeah. like, Agreed. like, between the car chase, the dog scene, there's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, this is just science fiction pulp, it's so yeah, good, yeah, yeah. I love it, but... I think there's just so much untapped potential yeah. in that in that universe. The it Animatrix really proved that, you yeah. know? Oh, for sure. Um, that I'm cautiously optimistic for the fourth one, you it's know? Just Wachowskis have been really fucking up recently. Well, and also, I think it's just Lana on this one. They're, one of them's not coming back. Really? They've only got one of them on this See, one. See, that's the problem. It's, it's, it's the, it's the uh, lose-lose of a remake because you bring back the original creators, they've aged out of the ability exactly. to, to serve it justice. Yeah. You bring in all new people, they just remake the original. Yeah. So it's just, there's no winning here. On but, that note, hmm. did you hear it's been announced this week that BSG's coming back? Really? They're doing a reboot. They so. were attached to... Brian Singer was attached to a movie version of it for a really oh, long time. Oh, thank God that didn't go anywhere. That fell apart. It's <laughs> kind what he's done with Superman and with fucking Young Boys. I'm kind of glad that never yeah, I imagine it would, he, he would just be like, no, no, Spacey's... Did you hear that the Spacey's accuser died mysteriously? Wait, what, 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 what? Yeah. The guy that accused him of being inappropriate with him during a massage in like 2016 or 15 died mysteriously today they have well not mysteriously i guess mysteriously objectively because they haven't released how he died frank underwood shove him in front of a subway i'm wondering (laughs) has he has he gone so far down the underwood rabbit hole you saw that video right that last one you did yeah i was high there yeah it wouldn't surprise me it made no fucking sense because it's like dude but yeah spacey lost his mind and i get that he's probably a little bit of a rapey dude he seems creepy as fuck yeah but um uh Seeing him portray Frank Underwood as Kevin Spacey's or Frank Underwood character, it's like, do you not understand your own character? Yeah, he's evil as shit, and he's guilty of everything he's accused and of. And like you know, <laughs> even just from a real world perspective, I'm like, bro, why would you go that route to defend yourself? Right, like that ain't so right. Like, <laughs> like that's no one's gonna watch that and be like, you know what? I love House of Cards more than I love molestation. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to I wanted to say quickly because this is a little be interesting to like a handful of people so everyone bear with me but in high school we did a a project where it was like a round table of actors talking about stupidity and it was just a bit like a gag and I played Keanu Reeves and so every time the camera would switch pan to me I'd just be going (laughs) and then ended with me going the matrix rocks but as we were cutting it all together we I went to high school with Alicia Purrett who was uh, a Power Ranger in one of the Power Ranger uh, series or something, okay. and she was in commercials and stuff. And I never knew her or anything, but it was always known uh, in the, in the, you know in the in the ether in the ether that there was this actor actress at, that was getting famous that we went mm-hmm. to school with. And so just because we were dickheads, we we dubbed over instead of Keanu Reeves, we said her name. And <laughs> and so now it's Alicia Purt is going duh, duh, like this dumbass idiot. And apparently it really, really upset her. She apparently wasn't happy about that. So if, if in any way, shape, or form Alicia Pruitt ever listens to this podcast, I am sorry. I didn't know who you were. We were just making fun of a name that we heard of at school and probably jealous of because we weren't getting as famous as you were. <laughs> Let's be honest. 
I know you're out at conventions for Power Rangers stuff all the time and stuff, but uh, on the off chance. Sorry. What series was she on? I have no idea. I just yeah, know no. she was the, the pink Power Ranger in something. I think it was the oh. pink one. Oh. The pink Power Ranger mantle comes with a weird sense of responsibility. What's yeah. her face? The one who played the first one. In the ones we grew up with. Yeah, she's like a young and done ass square busking now. In really? The, yeah, at least a couple years ago in the pink Power Ranger costume. Did you, did you, I imagine you never really watched Star Trek Voyager, but um, uh, two two interesting things. The girl who played Cass on Star Trek Voyager was arrested for, like, screaming violent nudity. <laughs> Apparently she was just running out naked and attacking What's people. What's violent nudity? Like, you whip just out attacking, your tits? Just attacking out? people. Oh, okay. And then the girl from Smallville. Remember that show Smallville? Kristen Kirk? No, not her. The other one. The little mousy blonde journalist friend. Uh, she ended up being uh, implicated in a oh that abduction thing, sex trafficking. Yeah, ring. that I do remember. Yeah, yeah. and then Kristen Kruick was like, apparently Smallville was like a front. Yeah, for which explains <laughs> how that show stayed on the air for so long, so fucking long. <laughs> so I wonder. Uh, yeah, I, that's 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 horrifying. You know who didn't do that? Mm. Wachowskis. That's true. Matrix. They did not. They did not. Is it what? Are, what are the odds that both brothers would 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 be actually women? Do you think one jumped on the bandwagon after the other? And then one was like, well, I feel like a woman too. Like, uh, I hate my wife, and that seems awesome. Or do you think they both were just were just that? Maybe they're just, I don't know, there's certain, bro- like, you know, the Russos or the Brothers Grimm. There's creative brothers who are just dialed just, just in. Entangled. Yeah, the Coens, you know, they're just like, listen, this is the way our brains work. Because, like, know? What's, what, are the, what are the Vegas odds on, on two brothers both being transgender? I mean, that's got to be pretty, pretty astronomical yeah, I've never odds, heard of that ever right? happening again. It's crazy. Oh, good for them. <laughs> yeah, good for, for them. you guys. Yeah, yeah. Do, do whatever makes you fucking happy. It's yeah. just I'm wondering about the odds. Yeah. Um, on you that ladies, note, do it up. What are the odds that you will uh, hit that like and subscribe button? We'll see if they're as astronomical as the Wachowski sisters. I guess we'll find out. I never said the Wachowskis. No. Uh, I love the idea. They made the joke once, but it didn't seem to stick that they should be Wachowski starship. <laughs> Which I think is the funniest thing. That's, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh, that's, I'm calling them that from Which now on. Starship. That is brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, join us uh, next week, guys. We're going to be back with uh, looking back at 1994. 25th anniversary of the year of 94. 1994. Just what happened that year, what we were up to, what movies we saw, and blah, blah, blah. I know Shawshank's in there. There's a, there's a, there's a solid Spielberg in there, too. Is, uh, is there Tarantino in there? I think there is. there is. 94 is a ridiculous year for movies. We'll get, our, we'll get a little uh, a little info on it before we, before we start talking. <laughs> And uh, until then, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you. Wait, what's the last line of The Matrix in the first one? Uh, I'm going to show these people the world something that you don't want to see. I'm going to hang up this phone and fly away. Doing his Superman thing.